Welcome back to the Freewheeling Podcast. I'm Abby Mickey. Today, for a little bit of a change of pace, I chatted with Allison Jackson, who has had an incredible 2021 season. She took both Canadian National Championship jerseys, time trial, and road race. She competed in the Tokyo Olympic Games on a late, late, late call-up and won her first World Tour race, the first stage of the CMAC Ladies Tour. She also had an amazing result at the World Championships, finishing sixth, and found her home at Live Racing, which she will be staying with for the 2022 season. So I had an awesome conversation with Allison, and I hope you enjoy it. But before I dive into that, this episode is brought to you by Zwift. Zwift, you can find all sorts of training. You can do programs that are already built to help you get fitter and fitter over time. There's workouts that you can jump on and click and not have any commitment, but there's also long programs that are built out over sometimes months to help you find your fitness. It's really awesome that they have all of these workouts on there because it makes the time fly by. Zwift is pretty different than riding a trainer back in the day when you would kind of stare at a wall or try to watch old races to make the time go by. It's a lot more fun to see your avatar riding around Watopia and the streets of London. But if you need a little extra something, try out some of their built-in workouts. There's everything from FTP Builder that's a couple weeks long. There's uh, workouts that are less than an hour so you can get a workout in as fast as you have time for. There's workouts that are more than an hour so you can pick a really long workout to make sure that you stay on the trainer for up to two hours. So they've got everything, everything you could possibly need. I highly recommend you check out their workouts. And also speaking of Zwift, if you haven't listened to Wids from the top, about Zwift. It's a fantastic podcast episode. I highly recommend it. So thank you so much to Zwift for sponsoring this podcast. And let's, uh, let's get to know Allison Jackson a little bit. I'm here with Allison Jackson, a time trial and road race national champion currently. Participated in the Tokyo Olympics this year, the first ever women's Paris-Roubaix, won your first World Tour race. How are you feeling now? I mean, this is kind of the, the end of the season, even though you have one event left. And looking back on such a momentous season, how are you feeling? Yeah, actually, I, you know, you have your like bucket list or your things of like, what would make my career uh, feel like successful or whatever. And so many of those things I got to check off in this season. And um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, for sure. Anytime of those, you have an achievement or moment like the Olympics or any of these things, national champion, you really have to sit in that because, you know, these are big things that don't come so often, right. Or, or things that you really like hope and wish for, for some, some people all their career, you know, so, um, yeah, I think it's been super special. Is there one or two things you can pick out this season that were just kind of above and beyond what you could have dreamed? I mean, for one, the, yeah, the Olympics. I think in 2019, uh, I already knew that I wasn't selected. Um, so, you know, I really had to grieve giving up on that goal or that dream. And um, then, yeah, it was just two weeks before the race. Then um, I got a call up to go. So I think it's something like that where I had already, um, 
he had made other plans or he had grieved not going. Um, so then, yeah, to get to get the call to go and then also how much it means for a Canadian athlete, because we're Canadian culture is not so steeped in cycling, but everyone understands the Olympics. And it was really amazing to see the power of the Olympics um, for my whole community, my local community, friends and family who know I'm a cyclist, but they don't follow along so much. They just know that I do this thing and live this kind of glamour life, whatever. Um, but then they all tuned in to watch this bike race and not only that, but other world tour races. And after that, like I had so many people watching tour of Norway after and just being like, wow, this is so beautiful. And cycling is so cool. Or like, now we understand more about the race, you know, and it's stuff like that, that the only, yeah, the Olympics could make happen. If you only had two weeks to prepare, how did you prepare for the Olympics? Or did you kind of just, were you fit already? And you were like, all right, well. Good, good thing that I was ready. <laughs> yeah, I think for sure, if I kn- had known beforehand as long as time as the other girls on the team, there is d- would be a different preparation that I would have done for that. That is a very specific kind of kind of course. So there would be different training and things that you would do for that. Luckily, because also Tokyo is so hot and so many people were doing heat training. I wasn't doing any heat training, but at least in Canada at that time around Vancouver, we had this incredible two weeks of heat that was yeah in the 40s. So 40s Celsius. <laughs> and um, so then that just like happened to be luckily timed <laughs> well that I did heat training without, without trying. Um, But I think it was also at that point, basically it was a bonus for team Canada for Leah and Caroline that I would get to be, they would have another teammate. It was a bonus for cycling Canada as a whole that they get another athlete in the games. And it was a bonus for me that I would just get to participate and see what would happen. So I think in that moment, you can't, all you have is what you have right now. And so then, okay, you know, I haven't had to deal with all the stress of the lead up to the Olympics. So let's like some of these positive things, let's use these, um, let's exploit the really good things and then just manage, you know, the, you know, ill prep or whatever. And uh, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised with how my form was. Um, For sure. I was just, I had had about three weeks, I mean, three months of a, a mid-season break and was just like had been training um, to build up for the last half of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was fresh, mentally fresh, uh, legs were fresh. So I think a lot of, yeah, those things actually benefited me quite a bit. What was your favorite thing from Tokyo or something that surprised you the most? Um, that There are so many cycling fans in Japan. What was cool with our event, because we're road cyclists, so we... It basically got to see more of Japan than anyone else. All the other athletes were Olympic Village and then their venue and, you know, connecting that just with the bus where we, we got to ride on the roads when our race is 160 K. So we get to see quite a bit of the area basically, but on race day, um, the streets, the roads were lined with people. Um, and most people that had ridden out to some point on the course to watch and, um, Yeah, I mean, especially with the pandemic this year, I really miss the the 
basically our entertainment factor for spectators and we have no spectators on like on the any any of those Flanders courses the Paderbergen things usually are packed with people and we didn't get that this year so going to Japan and having all these yeah super cycling fans uh watching the bike race was really special so you mentioned you having a bucket list of things what's on the bucket list that you haven't achieved yet uh, so I want the world title <laughs> and, um, yeah, I want, um, yeah, I want to go to the Olympics, but to compete for a medal. And, um, so, you know, yeah. And then I also want to win, of course, like Flanders and, a, a big one day spring classic. One of those races that is steeped in history. Yeah. I feel like your skill set definitely leans toward that because you're really good at being at the end of the race when it's been a really tough race. Yeah. Yeah, we just have to align all the other parts. Yes. Make it happen. (laughs) Definitely. And it looks like Paris is a sprinter-friendly kind of course, so. Could be. Fingers crossed. so other than the olympics how how do you kind of see your season because you've been in europe now for a couple seasons you went from i want to kind of in a minute get into coming from the u.s racing scene and into europe and cracking that egg because you successfully did it well a lot of people can't but this season in particular what do you kind of look back on and take as kind of learning experiences or it as a whole, how do you view the season? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it had to do with the program that I'm on. So live racing, um, have have a lot of belief in me, but also the the style of racing is um, aggressive racing, make your opportunities happen. And since we had uh, basically all our top riders are like fifth best rider, so maybe not like outright total favorite maybe a lot of Kopecky but I think then we can really use that as like dangerous moves that that um you know have some bold racing that can really make a result um and then it was also yeah to race with a lot of Kopecky to know that she is a finisher through and through so let's try something um earlier and uh you know that yeah you've got the the backup plan basically but I think there's a, a lot of that. And um, yeah, and I think also when you have a happy heart, <laughs> um, then you race well. And I was really happy on the team with the girls. Um, uh, it's a really nice like family feel of a team. Um, and they also just loved all my silly bits that I bring to a program and to a team and to off the bike stuff. And I think when... Yeah, when I felt really accepted in in that way too, um, yeah, it just made for a really happy heart and happy racing. I loved when you got your teammates into your TikTok videos. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I have to plan those very carefully because for me, I love making these videos, but sometimes I like rehearse or practice over and over just to make sure it like really like spot on. But then, of course, not everyone is like that, so I have make this plan for like how I can make a really simple 
like and articulate like what we're gonna do and then so many of those have been like one and done one take and we're done and it's good so all those girls probably have a skewed view of like <laughs> what I do for making a TikTok I'm like oh yeah it takes you like five minutes every time <laughs> it's you're probably you're one of the only girls in the peloton who like is really taking the TikTok trend seriously <laughs> you know um it's so funny I actually like Ever since I was a kid, I always loved making silly videos and I would have friends and we would make a storyline and make whatever videos or basically I love to be the entertainer. Mm. And so whether that is like on the bike, like racing, making it exciting, making something that's fun for the fans to watch or with a group of friends, you know, telling jokes or whatever. I love that. So um, I think a lot of it, it fits my personality and then now there's an app that really just like highlights like <laughs> the best parts <laughs> so it just like really fits uh for me and I've yeah had a lot of fun with it I mean it's great it means that you've kind of gained this following throughout the cycling world as more than just a racer which is it's always cool to be seen as more than just a bike racer I mean that's of course what you do and how they know you but kind of when you can put a little more personality behind it it's it's nice yeah i mean i think exactly like what do we need a little bit more of in cycling is like the storytelling part like if we get to know the characters that are in the sport then we're really excited about watching them race and watching them either achieve their goals or watching them you know do that particular thing that they always do or or knowing their story, like where they come from in the struggle and like, will they be able to do well in this race? Or, you know, the more that we know the players, the more invested we are in, in the sport as a whole. So where do you come from? I'm from a small little town in uh, Canada, Alberta, Canada. Just uh, there's no cyclists there. There's definitely more animals than people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then, but I, um, yeah, moved out to uh, uh, BC, Vancouver area uh, for university, and that's where I kind of discovered the bike for the first time, got my first bike when I was 19, and uh, yeah, then uh, really dabbled in sort of, uh, yeah, triathlon, running, and other things, but the cycling club that I was involved in kept wanting me to race, jumped in a few of uh, BC Super Week crits did well. And then that's what got this whole thing started. So you were on the, uh, 2016, 2024 now, I guess, program for your first, your first like real team. How was that as kind of an intro into racing and into being a professional team? Cause I don't know if you got, if when you were on the program, they came over to Europe at all, or if you were able to come with the Canadian national team, but did you always know when you started racing in the U S that Europe was a goal? Um, the first coach that I had, um, Allison Testert, her name is, she's also from my area. Um, but she had done a lot of racing in Europe and she, yeah, now has a a touring company in Lucca, Italy. Um, but she, yeah, she had made the move over from, um, yeah, American racing to, to Europe. So I knew that was possible, but yeah, basically the first team I had no real cycling um much of a resume at all I had more like running sort of times and and um so yeah Nicola Cranmer took me on uh 2016 
just as a walk on spot, like, Hey, we'll see you, you know, what you can do. But in that years, like they had um, a star studded team. Like they, they had uh, Lauren Hall, Carmen Small, Lauren Kamansky. Um, yeah. A bunch of these girls that, yeah, Andrea Dvorak, all these girls that were on the the national team and doing a lot of national team projects in um, Europe, basically to prepare for the the 2016 Olympics. So when I first went, was on the team, yeah, we had, yeah, these studs to ride for and with so much experience to to learn from. And then when they all went over to Europe uh, with the national team, then it kind of left us, you know, helpers or young kids. Um and then, yeah, we had went to Chico, I remember, and we didn't have a clear leader then because the, these other girls were away. So then it was kind of like, well, uh, you know, this day, this first day, um, I was on that racetrack circuit. Um, it's just like open, like, you know, try to win, really. It's a, we don't have a particular leader. So then, okay, I took that opportunity and then won the bike race. And then, <laughs> so, yeah, I think... Um, that program was super good for me because um, there I had opportunities um, to win, but I also had the other opportunities to really learn from, um, yeah, these studs of cycling. So then when you finally did make the jump full-time to Europe, you were on B-Pink. Yeah. What was that move like? How did that go? <laughs> yeah, so there had been... Um, they they had North American riders on the team. They had one American and one Canadian um, the year previous before I went there. Um, so then I thought, yeah, it would be a good. Uh, they did a lot of racing. They did some racing in, um, I remember they're at Winston-Salem. And that was when I first had the conversation uh, with the team owner. And then, <laughs> I, you know, it's one of those things everyone tells you, oh, like Italian team, like it's going to be tough. Like it, you know, and you hear that and yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, but when you get over there, yeah, it really was such a, I mean, I went from, I think 30 race days that were only in America to 65 European race days. So that's like three times the amount of kilometers raced in a season, but, um, you know, and I, I never recommend that pathway for other athletes coming from Canada to go over on like a lower end team that is like really emotionally, physically, mentally so tough. Yeah. I have a lot of a lot of dinner time stories about that program. I bet. <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah, um, but for me, like um it worked and part of it, it worked because I was successful and everyone loves a winner. So sometimes, you know, I got a lot of things a little bit easier um, than some of my teammates on the team uh, that year. Uh, but also, yeah, it really, for me, it was just like, uh, I showed that how resilient I am. So, um, and I came out of that with a lot of stories and not, and not a lot of emotional damage, but it's really easy to go the other way with all emotional damage and these stories you never want to talk about ever again. So. Yeah. Well, you got, you kind of landed on your feet. You went back to a U.S. team, uh, TIBCO for a couple years before eventually joining, uh, Sunweb. What was the decision to kind of go back to Tibco and go back to racing a little bit in the U.S. and then mostly in Europe and and like not really a step backwards, but maybe a step sideways? Yeah, 
you know, so while I was so while I was on the Italian team, I was the only English speaker. Everyone else was Italian or Russian. Great. And awesome. Whenever you know, when I was on, with the Italian girls, like, and I was trying to learn Italian, but I mean, when you're on tour and then you're doing bike racing and then you're tired, and then, like it's real doing trying to do the translation thing all day is like really hard. So I bet you all those girls thought I was just like introverted girl I would always be reading books (laughs) but really but then all of a sudden we would go to a bike race and I'd find any English person and most of the time it was like Timco was at so many of these races and I would just like go to the team because it's all Americans (laughs) and I can speak to them and all of a sudden I would be this like total extrovert like I'm like talking so much all the time like I was like two different people um (laughs) but I think it was actually from that just like I really like clung to, yeah, Ed, the director at the time was super friendly, great humor and all the girls there. And, and really like, what did I want? I wanted to get to the, get to the races. I just wanted a good race calendar. I love racing. Um, yeah. And, and Tibco certainly offered that. Well, if you love racing, I mean, you must be really excited about next year and all the races that are kind of being added to the calendar. Yeah. It's going to be a full load. <laughs> yeah. Are you allowed to, I don't know if it, it's been announced or if you're allowed to say what team you're on next year. Yeah, it's been announced. I'm staying with, uh, with Liv for another year. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So you get to keep being yourself. Yep. Keep suckering the girls <laughs> into TikToks. That's right. <laughs> and next year you don't have Capecchi. So I think that will probably change the race dynamic a little bit where you might have um, a little bit more opportunity to go for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting. Like at this time, like team, you know, you know how it is. You get all these, you have like your friends, <laughs> your teammates and everyone's moving other places. And it feels so, it feels like a loss a lot of times. Like you're just losing all people, but but really this happens every year. And a lot of times, like if you were the one moving, you get to another program and you're like, yeah, fresh start, like new stuff. So basically that's how, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of new girls, but I think, yeah, it might, it's pro- it can be really good. So um, yeah. And I, and I think also I'm like ready and a little bit more eager to take on the, the leader role and showing my teammates that, that they can bet on me. Too. I think it, if you have teammates that believe in you, then as a whole, you can do a lot more. Yeah, I mean, and, and you won your first World Tour race this year. So you've got on paper, you know, that you yeah. can do it, that it's yeah. it was there. How was that first yeah. win for you? Yeah, you know what? What was cool about it was, was that it was bold, bold racing. And um, <laughs> I think I remember in our meeting before that, we just talked about like, you know, when you feel the moment, then just go, don't second guess, just like trust your instinct. And it was like really early in the race. And I'm thinking we're on this narrow road and just how the direction of the wind for the rest of the course was just like a perfect time. And I really was thinking like, this is the time to attack. And then, I, you know, then I thought for a while, like, well, maybe it should be another one of my teammates if I'm like the sprinter. And then I just thought, no, <laughs> don't, question yourself so much if you like feel it just go and um then yeah after that day I had the QOM jersey the leaders jersey the most aggressive rider jersey the points jersey the you know all all of the jerseys um 
Yeah, I think that was it. And, and what a good way to start off a tour um, for the team. Every, every team is looking to get something out of a tour. So whether it's a stage win or a jersey. And so right away we had the stage win and we were going to be in the jersey for the next couple of days. So, um, yeah, for, for us and the team and my teammates, it really like put a lot of took a lot of pressure off and allowed us just to like enjoy the bike race and and uh, yeah, try some things. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like the second half of the season really um, was great for your type of aggressive racing. Cause there was, it wasn't the first time that there was a break that went early. And then it was kind of like, you guys almost got caught mm-hmm. at one point, the gap was coming down and I was texting yeah. with the rest of the freewheeling podcast. And we were like, Oh, they're going to get caught. Like the sprinters want this. And, and it was awesome to see you kind of encouraging the riders you were with and being like, we can, I could see you talking to them and being like, we can yeah. do this. And, um, and yeah, it was, I mean, the second half of the season for women's racing, it was like a completely different type of racing yeah. than what we saw all the first half of the season. Yeah. And I think that's what is so cool when we see the depth of women's cycling, cycling really growing. And that's why, like, so now we're kind of, we're, we're not racing like men's cycling where they're so used to calculating the effort in order to catch a break. We're not so rehearsed in that. But, but now we have a lot of riders. I mean, before it was like, oh, you get in the early break and oh, it'll be easy. You catch them, no problem because they're they're just like smaller teams or whatever. But now there's a lot of strong riders. But I think it's making for really exciting bike racing because, yeah. And, and, and also after the Olympics with the early break producing the winner, then I think more people, me included, just believe that actually, if you get in an early break, you could win from that. So yeah, I, I think it's been really exciting um, to watch because now even yeah, as a spectator, you you also really believe that the break could win. Yeah. So do you think it'll carry over into next year? I think so. I think if the, and now that we have more world tour teams, um, then I think that again, the depth um, is spread out uh, over more programs. And now, um, yeah, it'll be harder. You can't just say, oh, if there's all these world tour teams or if these five teams in a break, then you have to be in there. I think um, a lot of times different world tour teams will miss out. And then you have, you know, you play the game that they have to reel it back and will they be able to reel it back? But there'll probably be strong riders that are in that break. So um, yeah, I think, and especially there's more stage racing that comes in um, later in the season. And I think that's when, yeah, you see a lot of these kind of opportunist bold moves really paying off. Yeah. Speaking of stage racing, it's a very common question, but I got to ask it. How excited are you for the Tour de France Femme? Yeah. So (laughs) I was really skeptical (laughs) before the courses came out. I was like, Oh, they're going to give us like eight days of 60 K and it's going to like, a bit of a tokenism, but actually I was really, I'm just like really ha- impressed with how the courses are and how they progress in the first days with a lot of like sprinter days, rolling courses, the jersey, all of the jerseys can really change hands a lot. And that's what makes it racing exciting. That's what makes you want to tune in all the time. When you have like the Giro uh, last year where they had um, I mean, the GC was set on the second day. The second day was such a hard day. Well, then 
that's how it's going to be for the rest of the whole the whole race. So do you really need to tune in every day just to know that Anamique was going to win the whole thing? Um, but th- but this year, yeah, I think you know something for everyone. A team um, either you know are they going to target sprint days, just stage wins, or do they want to only target the GC and save all the riders just for the final days? Um, there's a lot of different kind of ta- tactics that uh, teams can use going into that race. So, yeah, I- I'm really excited about it. Because it could have been like eight days of the shops. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's what I was bracing myself for. <laughs> All right. So it's been a pretty long season. You've been over in Europe for most of the year. You've basically, you said you had a little bit of a break, but I imagine it wasn't super long given the calendar this year and the Olympics right in the middle. Why are you prolonging your season to do Into the Lion's Den Crit? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, um, after, so I also, at the Worlds, um, and I had great form, best result, best result I've had. And I was, and, and a lot of times actually at the end of the season, my motivation is still really high where a lot of times people at that time just want to go home, you know, but then it's like, okay, you guys all want to go home. I really want to win. The, that makes me like 30% better. <laughs> and so, you know, I take that through a lot of times in the end of the season races, um, usually have been really good for me. Um, and, but going, you know, coming from Canada, I mean, we grew up with crit racing and it, it's fun racing and it, it's different than European crit racing or Dutch crit racing. The style of racing is just different. And I think I've also been really impressed with just what the Williams brothers have been doing and what Justin has been doing with Legion. And, you know, I think crit racing is so fun to watch it's a great spectator sport and i think i just think what legion is doing is amplifying crit racing and since we had from the pandemic a lot of that has just stopped and i think like a what better way to make crit racing racing cool again than legion and the williams brothers so i'm just really excited for what they're doing and you know things like they have the their men's program and their women's program. They have equal prize money at this event. Um, yeah, I think it's just a lot of things that I'm excited about. But also, they want to make it to be entertainment for the spectators. And that's what I really want to be a part of. So, um, yeah, and I, I just think it's going to be a fun time. It's got your name written all yeah. over it. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Do you have any teammates going with you? Or are you kind of flying solo yeah it's really interesting how they have uh in the the women's race a bunch of these yeah stars from from different programs even european programs but yeah not coming with a full team i'll have a uh, one teammate there aisha mcgowan um so um, and she's you know from america so she also gets the current racing and um so yeah, I think it, it'll yeah it'll be nice to have another person in there just to spread the the load a little bit and um, yeah hopefully we take home the big bucks. It was always funny doing the the Winston Salem crit with all the European teams that would come over, and like they do crazy racing in Europe and they do the Winston Salem crit and they'd be like what is, what is this? <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, I remember that too. I remember Kristen Wall just being like what is this or like. 
this is just like the craziest thing or you know yeah yeah it's super funny and and like for us it's kind of i mean now without we we don't have the tour of california anymore uh gila redlands those races are really struggling especially with the pandemic it's like the heart of american bike racing if it's not gravel it's crits yeah totally so you're excited to kind of come home like home to your roots of of crit racing because yeah you said your first Um, big races were the the um bc super week yeah yeah exactly and it's been a while since we've i've done a a crit race um yeah mostly because the pandemic or whatever i was at super week i guess that was 2019 and that was really fun but also at that time kendall (laughs) was my teammate and that was combo and now we'll be competitors but <laughs> I mean uh, yeah I uh looking at the start list it's hard to see past Legion because they have I mean Kendall and Skylar together have proved to be yeah. like a pretty terrifying duo this year yeah for sure but then you also have Corinne who's like the crit master yeah but but she was also she's she's had she's also had a really busy fall getting married going on a honeymoon there's so many other things going on either she'll be like super jazzed after like a little bit need to you know keep up a bit but (laughs) she did just get back from a honeymoon so that'll be exciting to see how that goes yeah and then i mean you also have amy peters coming from from the track but it'll be interesting because she's used to dutch crits she's world champion in the madison and basically I mean, an American crit racing is is like a Madison without without the swing in, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, she'll have good legs. But then, yeah, I mean, is she is she so invested in in this crit or the craziness of what American crit racing is? I guess. We'll yeah, see. it'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, thank you so much for your time and uh, good luck with with the crit and next year. Thank you. Thank you.